0: everyone welcome to loving this life podcast hosted by yours truly Abby Hillis founder of ACH Events and co-founder of the 12th Woman an advocacy group fighting for sexual assault survivors this podcast is about loving the life that you live and 100% owning it and being happy with it each episode will include a guest or thoughts to help bring your dreams to reality understand true commitment in life and help turn some of your darkest days into the brightest years. So grab some coffee, some wine, or whatever tickles your fancy, and join me on this adventure of finding happiness and taking charge. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 22 of the Loving This Life podcast. Abby Hillis here, your host. And today I have a phenomenal guest I'm super excited to bring on. To be completely honest, I didn't think she'd ever come on and even entertain the idea of coming onto the podcast. So you guys, this is a total treat. Uh, It's one of my BFFs for life. Her name is Liz Hopkins and if you guys follow along on social media, you probably know who she is. Um, She has been a ride or die friend of mine for over 10 years now. We knew each other in high school, um, pretty much lived together in college even though we didn't actually live together in college. Uh, we're both sport management majors at one point together at AM. and and now we live about 10 minutes apart from each other. She lives 10 minutes more north of Austin than me, and we pretty much spend most weekends together hanging out, and she's an awesome auntie to KJ. So welcome, Liz. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. This is like super fun and exciting. <laughs> Y'all, legit, when I asked her, I was like, um... You can always say no, and I know this is probably not what you want to do, but she said yes. And so now we get to hear her awesome story. Uh, She's been through quite the list of trial and tribulations in her life, you guys, but she's continued to choose to have a positive attitude and embrace life. Um, She's dating one of the most awesome guys I know, and obviously we hang out with him all the time, and so... I just wanted Liz to spend this time just kind of talking about her life story and what she's experienced, and at the end of the day, I think the coolest thing that she's chosen to do, uh, regardless of the things that she's been through, is to remain positive and still embrace life and not give up on it, and I think a lot of times when hardships happen in our lives, we want to give up, and we want to throw our hands up, we want to ask why, why us, and... I think it's natural to do that but Liz is a great example of time and time again feeling like she's kind of kicked while she's down and choosing to step up to the plate and just really um choose to grow out of adversity and so I just want her to share her story so let's start off just tell us about your fam and tell us about like the history because you've got some cool history with your dad and um I know that your family is, like, really widespread in the sense of age, which is very opposite of mine. So tell us a little little bit about them.
1: First of all, y'all bear with me. I've never done anything like this. And as much as I wanted to say no to Abby, um, I knew it was probably best if I just sucked it up and said yes. So here we are. But, um, yeah, so my family consisted of four kids, my parents. My dad was a lieutenant colonel in the Army and served for 32 years. Um, before he retired. And my mom was a school teacher for over 30 years. Um, and then there was my oldest sister, Tiffany, who is 20 years older than me.
0: Gosh, that's nuts. That's yeah. so crazy. <laughs> and y'all are all from the same mom and dad. So yep. it's 20 years of separation and four kids. So uh, I don't know, I just think that's so crazy because that's just, your mom was 40? Yeah, you she had was 40 you.
1: when she had me. It's crazy. Um, so after my sister, it's my oldest brother, Adam. And then my brother Ben, and then there's me. Um, The baby. (laughs) Yep, the surprise. Um, My dad served in Vietnam and ended up um, with Agent Orange, which caused his cancer. Um, He had had cancer three times, so obviously there was no possibility for another kid, so that was kind of out of the question. And then surprise, seven years later, there I was.
0: It's almost like God knew you needed to be here on this earth.
1: Well, that's really sweet, thank you. (laughs) I mean before really, like look like, at it that way too. <laughs> you defied all odds. Yeah, So kind did of. your parents. Anyways, yeah, keep totally. going. So then there was me, and then my dad had cancer again for the fourth time, and then ended up passing away from it all when I was ten, um, in fifth grade, and that was the start of kind of our downhill battle. But um
0: What was what was your favorite? I know that you speak so highly of your dad and I know that he's still, even though you were 10, he still has like a strong memory in your life. What was one of your favorite memories with him?
1: So yeah, basically my dad was a badass. <laughs> I, don't know if I don't know if I'm allowed yeah, to say that. Yeah, you did, totally. Um, he was like the ultimate dad. We hit the jackpot, hardcore, but he would always put us first, um, put my mom first, put us first, even when he was sick. So, I mean, every summer... We would always take a hop, a military hop, if y'all don't know what that is. It's where you basically just kind of show up. You get on a military plane, and you go wherever.
0: Holy cow, I didn't even know that existed.
1: Yeah. So we would, every summer, usually go to Hawaii. I think, like, three, no, four or five years in a row we went to Hawaii on this military plane, which is not, like, an ordinary plane at all. (laughs) Not glamorous at all. No, no, no. Um, And then the next year we showed up, packed for Hawaii, and the hop, to Hawaii for whatever didn't work out so we ended up in Europe where it was cold and rainy with a bunch of swimsuits and my mom had us and <laughs> <laughs> all the kids with no warm clothing. So yeah and then after that, that we loved it so much. My dad was stationed in Germany. Um, that's where my brother Ben was born so it kind of just turned into us every year going to Germany and
0: Oh, that's, like, one of my favorite countries to visit. Yeah, it was awesome. I got to study abroad there for a summer, and I wish it could have been longer, because that's a great country. So, uh... You're in fifth grade, your dad passes away, you're living at home with your mom and two older brothers at this point, Yes. right? And then a few years go by, and at that point, you're in, I guess, in high school, and it's really just you and your mom, because the brothers, you know, they leave, they're going out living their life, and you and your mom just kind of become soul sisters, right?
1: Yeah, so it was just me and my mom in this house, and I mean, yeah, she was definitely my best friend, go to her for anything. I don't she know, never judged anybody, so you no, can literally...
0: She, she was the sweetest soul. I remember when I met you. We met, Liz and I, backstory a little bit, we met through a mutual friend, which also if you follow along, and you know a long story about my life, one of my BFFs passed away three months before our wedding. Her name's Courtney, and she was our ray of light and our, mine and Liz's mutual friend that introduced us, and... Uh, I just remember when I met you and Courtney introduced us, I know very quickly I got to meet your mom, which is not normal in high school. Like, you don't really – like, the more you can stay away from your parents typically is the better. But I know that you and your mom were like – you could just tell by the way that y'all's relationship was that y'all were super close, and I always mm-hmm. thought it was really cool. And then – you left for college and went to Texas State for a year. Mm-hmm. I yep. remember coming and visiting you. Yep. <laughs> and having, <laughs> those memories actually just came up on Facebook. And yeah. we talk about how hot pickles are <laughs> and the most ridiculous thing, staying up till 4 a.m., oh, the college life. And then you got to come to A&M yep. the following year. And that's where we lived <laughs> together but didn't really live together. And did sport management classes together and probably went to too many Cat parties. And tons of football and baseball games and really were are just living, living the college life together. And then, gosh, what year was it that your mom passed away? 2015. 2015. Okay, so five years ago and I just remember being completely shocked. I remember getting the text message from our mutual friend Nikki and just being completely flabbergasted that it had happened and I know at the time... It was, We were all just really taken back, and I think there's still a lot of questions around it, and it was hard to process what we ha- what we thought had happened. I think still to this day, it's kind of like there's un unanswered questions for. And for those of you who have experienced a a passing of a loved one, whether there wasn't just a black and white something that happened, like a heart attack or anything like that, I'm sure it's really hard. I mean, it was kind of the same situation for Courtney, right? Like, yeah, we which is crazy because it happened. Courtney happened in 2015 as well, so yeah. it was like that was a hard year. And you know, in her car crash, we don't, we kind of know sort of what have happened, but even the police report like states inconclusive because it it was hard to like nail exactly what it was that caused her to pass away. And um, I know that your mom passing was the same way. And at that point, I mean, you had you were your mom was your saving grace. She was the one that took care of you and really made sure that. I mean, I just remember your mom and she would have like given the shirt off her back to not only you, but probably any one of your friends or anyone in general.
1: Yeah, most definitely
0: anybody. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, like, I know I remember hearing from Nikki that you weren't going to come back to Austin and and face it all until Raven showed up. Yeah. Is that right?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's definitely.
0: So for those of you who don't know, Raven is her ride or die boyfriend that is incredible and has been here through the hardest times and he's... Hillis and who's my husband, and Raven and Liz and myself, we all hang out on a regular basis, uh, drink beer. We're <laughs> currently drinking beer together. She's my beer drinking buddy. Yep,
1: always. has been for years. <laughs>
0: Cheers. You guys know I'm all about drink your coffee, your wine or beer, or whatever tickles your fancy when you're listening. So today our drink of choice is beer. Always. <laughs> but I mean, what was it like? I mean, what like how? Like, I know it was hard, and I know that like for a while there it was like. It was, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what you needed. And I think it's important for people to understand what it is that they can do when something like this happens to a good friend of theirs or a family member. Yeah,
1: so my mom was my better half, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Um, She was my everything since it was just her and I for so long. And somewhere along the way, she got remarried that's a story for another day. But um, the details of that don't matter. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It was hard for me to be away from her um, in college, but I would go home anytime I had a chance, Mm -hmm. surprise her at school on her lunch break. So then my mom was super healthy, super. I mean, she had just gone to the doctor. Everything checked out great. She was still teaching at 63, teaching fourth grade, was so looking forward to retirement in a few years. Mm -hmm. Even though she didn't really want to retire, she was already looking at James Avery, seeing if they would hire her. (laughs) Um, So yeah, so when it was January 30th, 2015, when I was driving to work, um, I worked at the mall in College Station, and I had gotten a text from a mutual friend who I had known forever, but and all it said was, I'm so sorry, something along those lines. And I was so confused because I didn't know what was going on at the time and called my mom's cell phone, called my mom's cell phone, called her school phone. Um, and then finally, my stepdad, as much as I don't want to call him that <laughs> at the time, answered and just told me that something had happened, but I didn't know. I mean, no one would tell me what. And then um, finally, he told me what had happened and I just pulled over on the side of the road. And I mean, that whole thing's kind of a blur. <laughs>
0: I bet.
1: Yeah. I still remember where I pulled over and I, like, even driving by that spot in College Station, like, Mm. it it kills me. Yeah. Um, So what sparked kind of the whole thing, though, was my brother Adam and sister-in-law Kristen were actually on their way to College Station to come tell me and get me in person. They didn't want me to hear over the phone for obvious reasons. So that was a whole ordeal when they showed up and I had already known. Mm. Yeah, so the next, I mean, I I didn't know what to do. Uh, And at the time, this guy, Raven.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's really what he was, right? Like, y'all I mean, it was typical, like, I don't know if I want to date him, right? Yeah, I mean,
1: he was just like, we were like friends, totally. He was like my best friend, you know, everyone's me, my best guy friend. But really, he was just one of my good friends. I won't say that's what he would call it at the time. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Sorry, Raven, love you. But he was for sure, you know, but... I couldn't, I didn't know what else to do, didn't know who else to call. So I called him and I just told him what happened. And at the time, he was living and working in Round Rock. Um, and he, thank God, had the most amazing boss who just told him to drop everything and drive to come get me. So that's what happened.
0: And he came and got you and you came back. And I mean, I guess, can you just share a little bit? at like the next months following that, I mean, I know that Nikki and I tried to be as supportive as we possibly could. And there were a lot of closer friends that tried really hard to make sure that you knew we were there. But we've talked about how when someone loses someone or there's like a, a catastrophic or tragedy event in their life, it's sometimes so hard for the outside world to know what to say or what to do to make the situation better. And I think you're a perfect person to ask that question to, because you've experienced so much loss in your life and at that point, like, what was it that kept you going? Because here, here at this point, you know, all of your siblings were off living their own lives. And right. your mom was the person, you know, who was supporting you through college and making sure you were taken care of. And so really, I'm sure you felt very alone.
1: Yeah, uh, most definitely. First, I think it's important that, I mean, everyone thinks of or what they can say that they think is going to make someone feel better. I'll be honest, there is nothing. Mm-hmm. Um but I just think making sure you reach out, just letting someone know that you're thinking about them goes the a furthest. long way. Okay. Um, no words are. I mean, honestly, in times like that, when people say stuff, it's a blur. I don't. I don't remember what people said, but I do remember who reached out and who made sure to call me. Um, you know, stuff like that. So I think that's important.
0: Yeah, because I think from from like even my perspective, I. Didn't want to feel like I was smothering you, but I wanted you to know I was there. But I didn't get a lot of feedback from you, and so it was like, "Am I doing the right thing? Am I not doing the right thing?" And I think for the most part, the best thing to do is just provide as much normalcy and presence as you can, right? Totally. And allow that the ball to always be in the person whose grieving's court, right? And just try to um, love, right.
1: Yeah, most definitely. So I'm already, I mean, a pretty private person, I would say. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is the first time you've ever, I mean, this is like, there's details about this that I'm just not learning through this conversation. So,
1: so yeah, even, I mean, to this day, if you text me, there's a big possibility you might hear back a few days later. I just, there's I mean, a big possibility <laughs> you'll never hear back.
0: <laughs> so we just call Raven. <laughs> yeah, sorry, y'all. Uh,
1: no. But that's just who
0: you are. I think now, like, I think before people would be like, ugh, Liz isn't answering her phone, but now we just know, like, call Raven.
1: Exactly. So, (laughs) I mean, even, that's just always been my kind of thing. So when people, you know, some people would get upset or offended when I wouldn't answer. But first of all, that's just me. And then second of all, I mean, what do you, what do you expect?
0: But I, I think also, and I think at some point in life we've talked about this, that your phone has also been the bearer of bad news.
1: Yeah. So it's really hard true. to
0: have a positive relationship with your phone and want to check it and want to be somewhat attached to it like most people are in this day and age because you've that's had shit. so many bad news come bad newses, is that a thing? <laughs> that so much bad news come from your phone. And so I mean, it's just like me with work, right? Like I'm in a complete opposite way, like attached to the phone that it's like I even hear it go off and I get anxiety because I'm afraid it's someone needing something or whatever. Yeah. I I think it's important to express that for people to understand that like when they are grieving or they're going through something and you don't hear back from them or they become someone that's not a communicative person, like having the awareness that there may be other reasons, like be aware of like why that person might be doing that and don't just take it personal because I think a lot of people take it personal. For sure. Okay, so a, year, a little over a year goes by and um, you're trying to get life back into as the new normal as much as possible. It's kind of like similar to now. We're all trying to figure out what the new normal is going to be given the situations that we're in um, with corona. Back when corona was just a beer um, <laughs> and not a virus. <laughs> but a little over a year goes by and then you get yet another phone call?
1: Yep. So after all the stuff with my mom... Ended up moving home. Didn't finish my goal of graduating from A&M, but that's okay. It's not to say it won't happen one day. (laughs) Nope. Um, So I was living here. Ended up moving in uh, literally right after that happened with this best friend of mine named Raven. (laughs) um, Who was living in Round Rock. So moved in with him. um, Was trying to drive back and forth to College Station two days a week uh, for classes, which ended up just being way too much time to think in the car by myself so um stopped doing that but then in May of 2016 I was actually at a hair appointment when my phone rang and I didn't answer because I was getting my hair done but um my (laughs) sister ended up calling Rabin um he just kind of sucked in got sucked into the family as Uh, plus
0: ones (laughs) normally do
1: but uh so my sister ended up calling Rabin And I could just tell by the look on his face. He went outside that, you know, yet again, there's more bad news coming. And that was when I found out that my brother Adam, who was 34, um, had passed away also. So they, there was no really definite thing with that either. Um, He was 34. I mean, that's not supposed to happen to Mm -mm. 34-year-olds. And I guess it ended up being pneumonia. But he had just recently got laid off from his job. So he didn't have insurance, so he couldn't go to the doctor. Um, And on top of
0: that was also still grieving your mom. And, like, that was a huge loss for him. It was a loss for all of y'all. Yeah, he was
1: never the same after my mom. Yeah, and I mean... Rightfully so, but... I mean, your mom, I think, knowing...
0: Because your dad passed away at such a... Well, for you at such a younger age, but even... I mean, there was still so much life left to live that your mom kind of assumed the role of the glue for the family. For sure. So then, her not being there, like, the glue was kind of missing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think that didn't help the situation at all and then obviously the whole no insurance thing I mean that's just it's an awful situation that a lot that's the reality for a lot of people in America right now um
1: well the way my sister puts it that it upsets her so much um which is a good point that my dad served for 32 years you know for us to have all these things Mm -hmm. and then here it is something that should have come you know been a quick fix for my brother and then didn't work out that way and ended
0: up taking his life yeah that's crazy yeah so at this point um you lost your dad at 10 you lost your mom at what age 23 23 lost your brother at 24 and you've got raven as your superstar superstar sidekick (laughs) and you have your older brother that lives in hillsborough Mm -hmm. and your older sister that lives in new york and so Uh, you kind of had to recreate your own family in a way, right? So you're not the only person that's experienced something like this and maybe the only person that feels like they're having to find their own family and whether that's because there's been falling outs with their family or they've lost them or whatever. And I'm always an advocate that says, like, your friends are your chosen family. And, like, I would consider you family. And, I mean, my family considers you family. And most of your friends' families (laughs) consider you family. Uh, you and Raven. And so I guess where do you go from there? Like what do you do? Like what are your choices that you make every single day when you get up? Do you let yourself sulk? Do you let yourself have a pity party? What do you do? And did you do that? What did you do? There
1: is obviously nothing that can prepare you to lose both of your parents by the time you're 23. I never imagined having to try to figure that out. And then Adam, my brother passed away. He was the one that made sure you know every Christmas we were still getting together every birthday so then when he was gone it was kind of like
0: oh god like
1: yeah what what do we do now but um totally on the friends thing I lucked out hit friend jackpot with the friends that I have that every holiday make sure that we get to you know come over and spend holiday with what is now considered our family. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, My sister, who is in New York, the reincarnation of my dad. So (laughs) if I could spend every day with her, I would, but I don't get to see her near as often. So obviously it would be easy to stay in bed and kind of just cry your life away and throw a pity party for yourself, which don't, I mean, I did that. Um, I would imagine anyone would do it, but then I think it kind of just takes a, I don't know, one day waking up realizing like, What are you doing? Like laying here doing this is not—it's not changing anything. Like none of these people are coming back. Yep. You just need to move on. Don't forget them. I mean, never. My family is literally even still every day when I wake up. That's what I think about first. So obviously, I do wish that my parents and my brother were still here. But I believe that there is light after darkness, and I think it's just up to you um, to go find it. And I mean, we all do that in different ways, and. Honestly, Raven was probably my (laughs) kind of my light at that tunnel, and Mm -hmm. I was literally just sitting there and, you know, at the time we were living in an apartment, and I was never leaving that 700 square foot apartment, and finally I just realized, like, what am I doing? My parents are probably looking down on me, like, this is not what you're there to do. So I kind of just got up and realized that I have too many people that care about me that are wanting me to not sit there and sulk in the sadness. Raven's family especially took me in, you know, made me feel like a part of them also, which so many people have done and I'm I'm so grateful for that. And you kinda of just had to
0: find your own tribe, right? And yeah. create your own new tribe. And when you go through loss, sometimes it's just hard. it's hard to, to feel like you're just you're mad, you're sad, you're frustrated. You go through all of, you know, whatever the stages of grief and loss are or whatever that psychologists say but at the end of the day you're just trying to figure out like what it is that's going to keep you going and keep you motivated and not let emotions always overcome anything that you're trying to accomplish because I think that's like the first hardest thing that happens with grief um and I think for you like you just do it on your own time right like that's probably like the biggest thing is like a good way to put it you're on your own timeline and there's no like some people probably can bounce back faster than others because they have a certain personality that's able to process things faster and quicker where others it takes longer and You and I both agree that you have to find and figure out what it is that keeps you ticking and keeps you motivated and embrace those things, even if it's small, tiny little things, whether it's your significant other that's walking by you every single day and standing by your side and helping you, or it's the three closest friends that have clearly not left your side, even though you're not embracing their friendship as much as you used to, but you know that they're still there. I mean, I remember wasn't it Nikki's bachelorette party that was like the first time that you really left Raven? Yeah. After yep, your mom. I cried. Yeah. Yeah, like it was a whole it was like hard for yeah. you. It was a big ordeal for you to go to Miami and like be yeah. gone for a weekend and I know it was hard, but it was probably one of the best things you could have ever done. Yeah, for sure. And it was like perfect timing cuz you knew you didn't have a choice. You right. knew you had to go be there for Nikki's bachelorette party. That is true. But you also you also needed to take the leap of like, okay, I've got to start living my life back to like and creating what my life is now and whatever this new normal is. And I don't know. I just think it's – I think about going through the things that you've gone through and I, I don't know how I would have handled myself and I don't know how where, how, where and how I'd be now. But I look at you and I'm like, holy crap, you've embraced every, like you've been able to embrace it and you've you've let yourself mourn and you've let yourself be sad. But then at the end of the day, you've just chosen to be at a place in your life where you're just not going to give up and you have, you have things you want to accomplish and things you want to do and a life you want to live. And just because the people who you love most are not here on this earth, it's not stopping you from doing and following the dreams that you want and the things that you want to achieve. And to me, that's just, it's really impressive. And it's really perfect that you're coming on and, and sharing your story at this time. Because I mean, times are weird right now. And for especially extrovert people who are cooped up and aren't allowed to hug and get the there is chemical endorphins that happen <laughs> from hugging, I would just like to put that out there that are positive <laughs> things that happen in to your body. Um, but like, I mean, I'm struggling, like I'm not able to like be around people all the time like I normally do I'm doing network events once to twice a week I do weddings all the weekend where I'm surrounded by hundred to 200 people and it's tough and I know that there's people who've lost jobs and people who two like both of the people in the family have lost jobs or you know they're losing loved ones due to the virus and I think it's really easy to be surrounded by a lot of negativity and frustration and and loss and just a lot of negative emotions but we have a choice. And we have to choose not to follow that path but to choose to wake up and count our blessings and be thankful for what we have and find the goodness in each day and the goodness in friendships and the goodness in the family that you choose um, and embrace those and focus on those instead of focusing on what you don't have or what you're struggling with. Yeah. And I think you've done a really good job of that. I I will say like at the (laughs) beginning it was probably really hard, and I don't know that I saw that side of you, but you've chosen since then – to really make that a point. And I know one thing we've talked about, and I always ask this to every guest that comes on, it's, you know, what is it the one thing that keeps you loving this life? And what allows you to keep going and choose a positive life lifestyle, choices, whatever? And I know for you, you've said uh, you've wanted to, like your job here on earth is not done. Yeah. And I thought that was so unique for mm-hmm. you to say that because it's a unique way to look at it. Like, I think... A lot of people may say that in reference to uh, their religious belief that there's a purpose for, that God puts them here on this earth. But for you, you just innately believe that there's a, you have a, your job here is not done. There's people that you need to positively impact and there's things you need to do and accomplish that help create a legacy.
1: Right. So um, one way that I did get through the losses of my parents and my brother um, is that I, you know, found joy that they were together again. Mm, Um, My mom was back with my dad, which, I mean, I knew she wanted from the day that he was gone. Yeah. So I think there is just people that, I mean, so many people take life so seriously. But I think it's important that everyone has someone, you know, that can see the good in them and spread the hope and positivity that Mm -hmm. maybe they didn't even know they needed. I myself probably don't take life near as seriously as I should, but... I think that's kind of what just makes me, I don't know. I, I feel like I just, I don't know, maybe bring a different vibe to the vibe to the tribe. And um, I...
0: I mean, a good example of that is the other day. I, so for those of you who don't know, I pretty much stepped through my roof because it was rotting. <laughs> I was trying. We have a lot of trees around our house and they cl- the leaves and pollen collect on top of it. So like twice a year, we have to blow it. And I was up there blowing it off and I stepped through rotted wood and I was like, Okay, full disclosure, crying about it. And Liz was on her way over and she comes in and she's like, "Who cares? Let it go. Like you get it fixed, you call the person, like figure it out, like <laughs> let it go. And it's reality check, okay, is this really worth crying over? like this is ridiculous, Abby and her emotional self uh, <laughs> But true, like that's your perspective. You always are always come in. And it's like, hey, like not the end of the world. Like remind yourself of that.
1: Yeah, and I think that my parents and my brother, each one of them had, you know, something that everyone who knew them remembered them by. Like, they all had a story. They all had something that, you know, my dad was a military guy, but was, like, the biggest teddy bear you've ever met. My mom would give, who was a teacher, but would give the shirt off her back, would do anything for anybody, even if, you know, it didn't benefit her at all. She was
0: also an incredible teacher, and everyone knew it. <laughs> yeah. She was um, well-known in the Georgetown world for that.
1: Yep, uh, teacher of the year. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, and then... Um, just her like willingness to help kids and help anybody. And literally, I never heard my mom say a bad word about, for 23 years, never once heard her say a bad word about anybody. Um, And my brother, whose love of travel and being goofy and, you know, loving food, I just feel like each one of them had something so distinct about them, you know, when they were here that, you know, I kind of started thinking, like, if I were to leave, you know, today, like, what would, you know, is there really anything that that people would remember me by so i think that's kind of what made me kind of just suck it up and you know realize that like you said my job here isn't done and that i do have a lot of life left to live to make you know make a positive impact on even if it's just one person um i just want to have you know something people remember me by i guess is what i'm getting at
0: yeah juan <laughs> well, i definitely think we witnessed courtney fill a church of, what, thousands of people?
1: Yeah, and even that. When Maybe she that passed away. And I think that life. was, yeah,
0: that was life-changing for me too. And then Britney Crosby, watching another right. huge church be filled with thousands of people and seeing that, you know, you, ha- you do have a purpose and you have the ability to positively impact every single person that you encounter on this earth. And it's your choice on how you want to carry yourself and use your experiences for the betterment of the world and the betterment of the people that you encounter. And... You know, our job here isn't done. And we have a pre-selected date, I believe, that we're going to leave this earth. But until that date happens, like, we've got to make sure that we're doing, you know, living out our purpose. And totally. I think you're doing a great job at that. And I th- I really admire it.
1: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And um, I think it's so important that, you know, you all find, I mean, just saying, find your tribe and love them hard. And no offense, but I think I have literally the best tribe out there. I have the best friends Abby, Jessica, and Nikki, they have been my, not even my ride or dies, like I can't even, <laughs> I don't even know what they are to me anymore, um, but they have changed my life for the better and, you know, made me realize what's important, and, you know, they all have families, so I've realized that, you know, I love their kids like my own, and, and then I have Rabin, who is literally my angel on earth. <laughs> um, he is. Who god I can't even talk about him (laughs) I mean I even know that he is the one that was put here for me (laughs) as cheesy as that sounds but uh
0: as she gets emotional which is so cute y'all he really is awesome and I know that he's been beyond Jess and Nikki and I he's been far more of a rock than we probably could have ever been and it was just definitely divine intervention of you know making sure he was there and your heart wanting him to be there to help you through your mom passing and everything and I don't know I just I think it's really cool like you've chosen to to really build your tribe and surround yourself with people that you knew you needed
1: yeah and it's important that you realize I mean that early on who's trying to be there for you and stop wasting your time on those that aren't and um
0: that's a really good point I've learned that in life (laughs) I've like had to make sure that I've focused on the people where we're just there for each other and you, you, you kind of start leaning away towards the people who don't necessarily embrace the friendship both ways. I think that's really important to, as we get older, kind of find in life. Yeah, and it's,
1: I mean, I'll be the first to say I don't have a thousand friends in this world. And I don't have, but I, the ones that I do are, like, truly the best and I think it's important that people realize that and, you know, it's not... Quantity, it's
0: yes. quality. <laughs> I, no, I agree. I think that's very true. I, I wholeheartedly agree in that. And uh, you're talking to the girl who did focus on quantity for a really long time. And now I'm definitely walking the quality lifestyle of friendships. And it's uh, it's really awesome. And it's a lot more fulfilling. And you can trust a lot harder because of it and having yeah. those tight friendships. So I want you to kind of end. You guys, her, her family has... The, Even though they're not here, they have some really awesome quotes that they lived by. And I know she wrote them down, so I want her, and she didn't share them earlier, so I want her to share them now. So I know your dad, if we could live by the way that he lived, what was the quote that he always said?
1: He'd be a happy man if his children grew up to be as beautiful as our mom and as tough as he was. Ugh, so cute. So cute. (laughs) And And then what was the other quote? That new adventures await and can always be found on seemingly uneventful days and that strangers are just friends that you haven't met yet. Because if you know Hopkins, that we're, we're all pretty pretty good at getting out there and making friends, and um, I think, it, yeah, just start each day. I mean, one thing always we did, we were taught to make get up, make your bed. Um, I think that's the first thing you can do, to live a... <laughs> that's such a military thing, too. <laughs> I know, and I'm so, I mean, I still do it to this day. I agree. I, I get up, make my bed, you know, kind of get in the right mindset that, You don't know what that day is going to bring. Like, it could bring hell or high water. But your mindset is everything. Um, A lot of difficult roads do lead to beautiful destinations. Mm -hmm. Um, So those of you that have gone through something, um, remember that. And that I always like to remember that if you can't find the sunshine, then be the sunshine
0: girlfriend that's you through and through i love it
1: if you can't find the sunshine
0: then be the sunshine so if you guys got nothing out of this entire conversation take that with you and figure out how you're going to be the sunshine in a world where sometimes it's hard to find it amen yeah okay this has been incredibly awesome I love you so much. Thank you so much for making love this you. happen. I know this was not easy for you. No, thanks and for pulling me totally, out of comfort zone. Totally out of your comfort zone. If yeah. you guys know Liz, you <laughs> you know how insanely out of her comfort zone. There you zone go. This That's is. something
1: else you all can do when someone asks you to do something. Just, Embrace it, just right? Say yes. Cuz it was so
0: bad. No, honestly, it was a lot of fun.
1: It was a lot (laughs) of fun.
0: And now we're going to go celebrate. Yay. (laughs) Spend the afternoon hanging out with KJ. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed this. This was kind of a little bit of a different style of an episode, but it's really cool to hear different people's stories and where they come from and get people out of their comfort zone and to tell their stories. So thank you again for coming on here. Love you dearly.
1: Hope that wasn't too difficult for y'all to listen to. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was awesome. (laughs) Forgive me if so.
0: And we'll we'll go ahead and share um, some of the quotes in the uh, show notes, and I'll also tag Liz. She's not the super uh, most prevalent on social media, but you can learn a little bit about her life and Raven and
1: yeah, you probably- Raven's
0: family. That's a lot like yours in a really weird yes. way. Like they're, they're they embrace- amazing.
1: I didn't talk about them enough, but <laughs> the Bowens, the whole Bowen clan, is they're amazing your new family. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm super blessed and super grateful yeah
0: yeah so you guys can see she she'll do some stories every now and then they're pretty fun to watch and, and pay attention to but um liz hopkins you guys she's awesome and if you've gotten a chance to have your life blessed by her you know that it was <laughs> definitely an awesome experience i hope you guys have a great afternoon night evening morning whatever it is when you're listening thank you again for tuning in and please know We are working diligently to um, really just try to reach as many people as possible. So if this was something that really resonated with you, please share. Uh, We love to get new listeners every single day, new subscribers. That's how um, we can eventually, you know, take this thing and make it a little bit bigger than it is, which, you know, I would love to do. Right now it's just a side passion project, but... I do have have ambitions of podcast being something that actually helps create sustainability for my family. So if you guys, if you liked what you heard or you've listened to other episodes, please feel free to share them. Family, friends on social media and definitely subscribe because that's how we show up in searches on any of your podcast platforms. So I hope you guys have a great day. Go drink a beer, go drink a (laughs) glass of wine or drink your coffee. And
1: if you can't find the sunshine, (laughs) be the sunshine. Bye y'all.